to the Joint Trauma System Clinical Practice Guideline Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor, with the Joint Trauma System. On this episode, we are discussing the battle and non-battle injury documentation CPG with Colonel Stacy Shackelford. Colonel Shackelford is currently serving as Chief of Performance Improvement with the Joint Trauma System and is an expert in the field we are discussing today. So today we're going to be discussing the documentation CPG. Now, why is documentation important? Uh, So thank you very much for uh, recording this podcast. Uh, This is a very important topic to the joint trauma system. Uh, Documentation is key not only for direct patient care, but for performance improvement. When the joint trauma system receives trauma records from downrange and deployed locations, we do collect the documentation and ensure that it is posted to the patient's permanent medical record. And that is very useful for the individual themselves for long-term reference to their medical care, including things that they need for decorations, veterans' benefits, and medical care along the way. Uh, In addition to that, we also abstract the medical records into the trauma registry, and this is a very extensive and detailed process that collects over 500 data points on every trauma patient and enters them into the trauma registry database that can be used for immediate performance improvement, as well as longer-term research on trauma patient care and injury treatments and outcomes in theater. Does the documentation in the CPG apply to every role of care? So we do collect documentation from every single role of care. The specific CPG that is entitled Battle and Non-Battle Injury Documentation is specific to surgical teams, role two and role three, because it contains the uh, details of how to complete the trauma resuscitation record. Uh, However, in addition to the trauma resuscitation record, we do collect complete trauma records from point of injury, en route care, and every role of care. What are the documentation requirements for trauma patients? Uh, For the requirements of the battle and non-battle injury CPG, uh, we do require that all trauma patients have a complete resuscitation record filled out at the time of their presentation to the first surgical team. So that is the first requirement. Uh, We also do require a tactical combat casualty care card to be filled out by the point of injury care team and the patient care record for transport to be filled out by the en route care teams. Uh, Also, each surgical team that evaluates a trauma patient should complete a separate resuscitation record for their role of care. So for instance, if the patient is seen at both a role two and a role three, each of those surgical teams should complete the resuscitation record. Uh, In addition, routine documentation is also required, which includes things like an admission note when patients are admitted to the hospital, daily progress notes, anesthesia records, et cetera, just like we complete at home uh, uh, when we're taking care of patients back home. So you mentioned that someone should fill out the resuscitation record at each role of care. Is there any point through their care that they don't need to fill that resuscitation record out anymore? That's a good question. This is really intended to be the initial resuscitation record. So um, certainly it does not need to be filled out again once the patient is actually admitted to the hospital, which will typically occur at the role three. Uh, So the role four would not repeat the need to fill out the resuscitation record. So then going up to that point, there should be three resuscitation records that have been filled out for that patient. The most 
resuscitation records that would ever be filled out would be typically two, one for the roll two and then one for the roll three. So what should people do with the resuscitation record after it is completed? Once the resuscitation record is complete, it should be sent with the patient to the next role of care. Uh, once the patient gets to the role three, that record should then be scanned and saved electronically and then uploaded into the theater medical data store or TMDS. If the role two has the capability to scan and upload the document into TMDS, that can certainly be done at the level of the role two. Uh, we do have a lot of questions relating to non-U.S. casualties who may be seen at a roll two and then never transfer to the roll threes. And in that case, uh, it is important to get an electronic copy of the resuscitation record. It can be obtained at the roll three. Uh, if the patient is not transferring to the roll three, the medical records can still be sent to the roll three where they can be scanned and uploaded into TMDS. Uh, which also brings up the important point that it's, it is quite important to fill out a resuscitation record on all casualties treated in our U.S. facilities, which includes uh, non-U.S. as well as U.S. casualties, because those records are collected into the trauma registry. And are there any other documentation requirements that we should be aware of? Uh, the main documentation requirements include the point of injury tactical combat casualty care card and the en route care patient care record uh, in addition to the trauma resuscitation record. Those are the three requirements specific to trauma patients and the other documentation requirements would be routine care, uh, routine types of documentation that are applicable to all patients. Which patients require a trauma resuscitation record? A trauma resuscitation record is required for all serious traumas. If you can see that the injury is minor, such as a laceration that needs to be repaired, this certainly does not require a trauma resuscitation record. Uh, all patients who are admitted to the hospital or triaged as immediate do require a trauma resuscitation record. In addition, there is a list of injuries in the CPGs or a list of injury mechanisms in the CPGs that do require trauma resuscitation records, which include building collapse, gunshot wound, burn, fall, fire, flame, uh, improvised explosives device, inhalation injury, mine injury, motor vehicle crash, sports injuries, and unexploded ordinances. But again, it is intended to apply to the more serious injuries and minor patients who are treated and discharged from the facility are not required to have a resuscitation record. The other thing that's important to remember is that it is just as important to document on host nation casualties and non-U.S. casualties as it is for the uh, U.S. mill. And uh, just need to make sure that you have a plan to ensure that the records for these casualties are transmitted electronically to the trauma system through TMDS. What are the steps necessary to ensure that the records are transmitted to the trauma registry? Good question. There are three steps necessary to make sure that the trauma records get into the trauma registry. The first is the documentation itself. You need to make sure that you document patient care on every trauma patient. 
The second step is to make sure that the document gets scanned and uploaded into TMDS. If that cannot occur at a certain location, there needs to be a plan to transfer those records to a location where that can occur. And that's the responsibility of every unit at every location, and there's no uniform process that applies across the board. Uh, that can occur at a delayed time. Ideally, it should occur shortly after the patient care. But if you are in a location that has no way to uh, electronically transmit the records, uh, then it is acceptable to save the records at your location. And uh, whenever you do get back to a location with connectivity, to ensure that those records are scanned and uploaded. Uh, once the records are uploaded into TMDS, then the uh, final step is to ensure that a trauma log of the patients that were cared for at your facility is sent to JTS. This is basically a list of the trauma patients that were seen by their names or their um, trauma names, which is a, a, a trauma an artificially assigned trauma name, and their date of injury. And once that is uh, transferred to JTS, JTS will use the trauma log to download the records, and they can be extracted into the trauma registry. Where can somebody find the trauma records to fill out? The trauma resuscitation record is easily available on the Joint Trauma System website. If you go to Google and type in JTS CPG, that will take you to the CPG website. You can go to the Battle Non-Battle Injury Resuscitation Record CPG, and the resuscitation record is in the CPG. Or if you also go to the JTS homepage, there's a location that says JTS Forms, and all of the all of the trauma documentation records are available there to include the resuscitation record. This concludes this episode of the Clinical Practice Guideline Podcast. Stay up to date with CPG developments by subscribing through your podcast app or check back on the website. You can always find the latest tactical and surgical combat casualty care information, knowledge tools, and current guidelines at www.deployedmedicine.com. You can also download the Deployed Medicine mobile app to your phone or tablet. With the app, you can access the latest combat casualty care content, JTS clinical practice guidelines, and instructional videos. Our target is to eliminate preventable combat death by providing the right training and right tools to be applied by the right people at the right time. Until next time, stay safe and continue saving lives on the battlefield.